I am Sandy Willette. And I am Nancy Marie. Co-chairs of Beyond the Mass Committee to evaluate scholarly doctoral projects. Next deadline for work to be considered to present on Beyond the Mask is October 1. Please complete the one-page application found on Beyond the Mask webpage to be considered. We look forward to working with you. Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hey there, this is Sharon. I'm in Washington, D.C. at Mid-Year Assembly, and unfortunately, Jeremy couldn't join me here at the meeting. However, listeners, I have been joined by one of our new guest co-hosts, Tracy Castleman. Tracy's been a longtime friend of mine, we won't say how long, and is one of the group I affectionately call the Fab Four. Tracy, thank you for joining me. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself before we kick off our topic today? Thank you so much, Sharon. I am really excited to be here. I am Dr. Tracy Castleman. <laughs> a, yes, you are. A graduate of the Rush University's DNP program in tran- uh, what is it? Transformational. I don't even know what systems mine is. change, transformational <laughs> leadership. I should know that if I had and, the DNP policy. Right? And yes, I know it's a long title. It was a fabulous program. And yes, CRNA who wants to go back to school. I really loved it. Um, I'm a graduate of Albany Med for my master's in anesthesia back in the dark ages when the dinosaur walked the earth. Um, and I had the good fortune of learning from some really fabulous mm-hmm. uh, CRNA leaders, Denise Martin Sheridan and Kathy O'Donnell and Lynn Van Warmer and Kathy Farrell. I really got good to Lord. learn from the best of the best. And um, I'm excited to be here. I now practice in New Jersey. I raised two sons who are on their own. and Off the I, payroll. Yeah, off the payroll. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Well, it takes a while. I've served um, many, many years in the New Jersey State Leadership, all the way up the board to president, and I currently am president of their um, and Janice Charitable Arm. I believe we are the only state association that has a charitable arm, and um, I absolutely love it. The CRNAs in New Jersey are so generous uh, to this arm and are really excited and enthusiastic to support um, areas of health deserts within the state. So... Anyway, I'm excited to be here, and I'm really, really excited to be talking to our guest. Well, we happened upon this guest. We've had her on the show before. I'll let her introduce herself in just a few minutes, but just a little bit of background. We were just having a a chat in the hall and come up with this topic last night, and so here we are. So, mystery guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, thank you so much for having me, ladies. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, as uh, Jana Kremick here, New York. A woman who needs no introduction. No, no introduction. introduction. Oh, I don't know why they always say that. 
It's a good thing, honey. Yeah, it's that's a good right. Thing. I think so. Go with uh, it. I mean, it's funny. You just, you know, I was I was listening to you introduce yourself, uh, Tracy, and 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 I've noticed how you've mentioned the names that came behind oh. mm-hmm. the inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here without them. I would not be here without and I, them. And I, and I bet, and, and I bet those were some badass women. That, oh, mm. what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no. That inspired you. Well, it, it is, interestingly enough that I'm sitting and listening to them, like when I'm going to be doing podcasts years from now, whatever version of podcast that would be, right? Uh, remember, people will always be listening. listening. It'll just be a different format. Yep. I mean, we're having the party like it's 1983. We had eight tracks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, we having computers listening. in our phone, in, yeah. in our hands. Then we no. went to see. We had more than eight tracks in 1983. We Why had cassettes. 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 Oh my cassettes. goodness! Come Isn't on, that you crazy? didn't get a boy didn't make a cassette tape of songs. Don't you remember? You oh. got your how, how many? How many great thing. songs are going to be tonight? Where you're going to be like, oh my god, I remember what happened. Oh. You remember where you were. Yeah. You remember what you were wearing. Yeah. You remember or what you weren't wearing. Oh my! Oh, you weren't. Oh, you weren't wearing. 1983, I was married, people. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Well, 1983. I might not have been wearing anything. I was, I was four, so. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you were at least born, thank you. I was you. born. I could have gone as a baby, but I'm going something else. But what I'm, what I'm leading to is, is, is I am really, really thankful for, having, for being where I am in my professional life and my career because of, of, of two wonderful women that are having me as a guest here today. So. Well, tell a little bit about your background for those uh, (laughs) that don't know that uh, for those people that had not listened to your episode. So where are you from? Sure. Originally. Absolutely. Yana Krimik. um, uh, uh, I'm a a CRNA. I'm very, very proud to be a CRNA and loving my profession. I live in New York. Uh, My journey in the United States started in 1997, May 3rd. Oh my gosh! Wait, what day is it? You got. Uh, it's going to be in your anniversary is coming up Tuesday yeah. or something. Yep. yep. Yeah. Anniversary of landing a JFK 4 p.m. flight on Finnair out of uh, you know out of Moscow, and I. Uh, I How landed. did you get into nursing? I uh, graduated nursing school actually in Siberia. So and then I was raised in, in Soviet Union times, um, and got into nursing because my grandmother was uh, a CEO of the hospital and she wanted me to proceed my career being a neurosurgeon. So I. And uh, back in Soviet Union, Russian times, you, it's easier to get into medical school when you're already a nurse. So, Which I found interesting. Interesting, right? My favorite picture is of you as a child. Yeah. Were you in, in the, the NICU? NICU. Oh, ah, yes. I know Did that you see picture? that? Yes. 17 years old, first, possibly kind of like a third shift in the ICU, eight patients, one to eight. I'll never forget that. One yeah. to eight intubated patients in the ICU. Uh, they couldn't cry much, though. No, no. Well, you know. <laughs> it wasn't noisy. I didn't know what I was doing, practical, practical. But so that that started in the Arctic Circle, right above Arctic Circle, and then I moved to the United States and kind of had to start from scratch. And I actually found out about nurse anesthesia back in Soviet Union. We do have them, but just like much in other international places, they're they're very much act like majority like like you know anesthesia technicians and mm-hmm. and uh they have a lot of experience in the icu and then they eventually moved into into the role of a nurse anesthetist or um in um operating room so that's where the the journey started and i i was working in new york i got my degree in respiratory therapy and while i was waiting to get my all my paperwork together and get everything transferred and you know and all the international stuff that needed to happen and uh, accredited and take my boards in nursing and I worked in the ICU, um, got my bachelor's degree, 
uh, and I am a, a happy alumni of Rutgers University in New Jersey. So Which is where I got to meet Yada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Tracy and I go way back. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it's been over 10 years and I'm And then Tracy grateful. introduced me to you. Yes, so that's how mm-hmm. that's how it happens in this profession. It, it's exactly how it happens in this profession. And I, I think that, that this is why these meetings are so important. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about it. I mean, we can continuously talk about it, but this is when I when I meet our residents and, uh, and students here and, you know, whatever you, you want to call them. But uh, at these meetings, I always say, remember the people that you meet because they're going to influence your life in the ways that you could never possibly imagine. I always tell um, the SRNAs who I have um, clinically at my site, mm-hmm. the circle is small. The mm-hmm. profession is small. Mm-hmm. We all know somebody someplace. Mm-hmm. There. We're all connected. We're all connected. And you observe by observing the passion of our others by how they fight what they do for the profession it's inadvertently inspires you to do great things wanting to do great things exactly well if people want to go back and listen to yana's introduction into podcasting um it's episode 179 and it is a great podcast where she tells all about her life how she landed in siberia and what was it 400 degrees below zero or Pretty something cold. and all Pretty she cold, had yeah. on was a, was a little piece of cotton yes <laughs> and yeah. didn't know it, it's a fabulous story fabulous story thank you for but me. last night whenever mm-hmm. we were standing around just mm-hmm. chit-chatting mm-hmm. and the topic came up about sacrifices and the sacrifices that you make for your profession the profession that all three of us love mm-hmm. and have given a lot to and all the people that we have that Tracy just named think about all that they have given to this profession mm-hmm. Sandy Marie Na- uh, Ouellette Nancy Marie two of my mentors and, and everything one of mine. that they, yes Nancy yes. Brute Marie is one of my mentors too absolutely all that they've given to the profession but there's sometimes another side what sacrifice itself lends itself to what's the word I'm looking for leadership Tracy help makes me you in. a target there mm-hmm. you go yes. I like that I and like you have that to be, leadership makes you a target <clears throat> just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean um, the opposition will be pleased about it no um, and so I, I think it's important to recognize if you yourself are not willing to move mm-hmm. up the ladder for whatever reason uh, you're raising small children it's not a good time in your life you um, are uncomfortable in that role that's okay it's not for everybody but supporting those who right. choose it in any way you can is really important mm-hmm. uh, because there is the person who's willing to step to be the first bird in the V mm-hmm. um, they, they need your support they need your energy because uh, you give up a few things to do it and it's okay you know it yeah, I, I actually just just about 20 minutes ago, um, before I came here to speak with you, um, met someone that I had a discussion with, and a, a great kind of thing that he said to me that stood out was, you know how nurses eat their young, mm. that saying, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, we don't just eat our young, we destroy our young sometimes. And it feels like when you destroy, you almost want to like break them down to build them up. Sometimes there's a feeling of, really destroying somebody to the point where you feel helpless and you don't know where to turn, but you feel that passion. You just really want to do the right thing. But you don't know because on one hand, you have, um, you know, our position as physiologist, you know, holding the front in the particular state that you profession, you're practicing in, right? You need to do the right thing, whatever the thing that you need to keep your job, right? And on the other hand, you have 
you know, CRNAs that, uh, you know, expecting you to do the other thing. So how do you, where do you get the support that you need in order to stay true in to who you are, what you believe in? Tell me a little bit about your um, pathway through leadership. You've, uh, you're a dynamic woman. Um, you have a, I, it sounds so trite to say a can-do attitude. Um, somebody who lands in Siberia in cotton um, and at 17 <laughs> years old is running a NICU and then shows up in the United States and finds the pathway through. can't speak a word of English. Yes, yes no English. Teaches um, herself I English still don't from, speak. You know, I still don't I speak English very well. My, my son, who you, is, is, you is... speak is, English better than you. English speakers, for God's sake. Well, you don't say you. umbrella like my friend Sharon um, here, so um, you're already yeah. better. Uh, but my question... but. So you have that in you, but what did your pathway to leadership look like? And um, what did you run up against that you didn't anticipate? Mm -hmm. I mean, we anticipate the physicians fighting us, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe some bristling at work. I get it. I Mm -hmm. worked... with the delegate to the ASA. You're um, an interesting woman, Tracy that's a Castleman. That was at a different <laughs> yeah, hospital. Yeah, I love that story. At the one I'm at right now, um, he's retired now, but he was a delegate to the ASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were the best of friends. And mm-hmm. we both would, you know, rub. And he'd laugh when I'd say things. And I would throw some um, language that they use back at him in the middle of the OR. But when we were in the OR, it was... Oh, patient-centered, right? yep. supportive. Yep. Yep. He actually was the best educator for mm-hmm. my SRNAs. Mm-hmm. He would pull out articles, spend time with them. So clinically, there was none of that. But you expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, what other obstacles came it, in to the, your... You know, the, anesthesi- the whole thing with the anesthesiologist is not really, you know, as our former CEO, Randy Moore, used to say that we are very much pro-CRNA. You know, we're not anti-anesthesiologist. Right. We're pro-CRNA. I say that all the time. All the time. My leadership journey started at, at um, and I, I don't know if I can name the institutions, but a large healthcare sure. system uh, in, like. in New York, in New York um, where last chief CRNA was in, I believe, in the 80s, actually, probably like late 80s. Mm-hmm. So they haven't had one. And I, I, was, I just came in as a 1099 CRNA, as a locum CRNA there. And um, they saw, you know, they needed a leadership because they wanted CRNAs in every operating room, like often many institutions do in New York State, mm-hmm. right? New York City especially. Um, residents came, uh, uh, residents could not support that and we needed CRNA, so I introduced bringing uh, our students on board, our residents on board with um, the healthcare system. I knew the chair from my training and time in New Jersey. Mm, um, I knew her background and I was not surprised when, you know, she pretty much pulled me aside and said, listen, we just need to staff OR. Like your opinion on um, how we're going to do this, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I just need CRNA in every operating room because we're going to open an ambulatory surgery center and I cannot lose that ambulatory surgery center to an outside contractor. That needs to be out. So just be quiet and do your job. Yes. Your job is to do the schedule. Your job is to obey, to attend the mm-hmm. union meetings because the CRNAs end up, unfortunately, missed a very short period of time where the CRNAs went into the unions and in nursing unions. And as you, mm-hmm. I'm sure, know, uh, it's extremely hard to advocate or negotiate any kind of salaries, anything, when, once, once you're in a union and, you, and you're trying to, because CRNAs and nursing, it's different salary ranges. It's, it's extremely difficult to do. So I uh, met a few challenges there with uh, resistance of the leadership within the hospital. I found out about some activities that were not necessarily properly billable, and I brought that to the attention of the chair. 
and I was pretty much asked to be quiet on that side, which already did not sit well with me because as I was hiring more and more CRNAs, I didn't have answers to the questions that I had internally and, and I needed to turn to somebody. And that's actually when Tracy came into my life. That, that was like that moment where I was drowning. I was really drowning in all the questions that I had in my head to myself, like how do I handle this situation? Internally, I knew it's funny about prof- it's funny about advocacy. Internally, you almost have this fire that you know that there is something else to you, you should be learning and and educating others and, and educating yourself. You just don't know how quiet grasp it and 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 handle it. And that's when you look for others, right? And I vividly remember sitting in my office and. And there's a roster of 70 to 80, you know, CRNAs that are on the roster. And out of 70, I'm missing a large amount of the billing. And I don't know what's happening here. And and I don't know what to turn to. Where do I get these answers to how, I don't know, billing. And that's when I was like, you know what? I think my professional organization is probably the best way to go. Maybe I should go to a meeting. I actually said that to myself. And then I turned to Tom, Tom Polaria. Um, Dr. Tom Polaria was my assistant program director at, at the, back then, UMD and JNR Rutgers University. I am forever grateful uh, for his mentorship. And he invited me over because I just needed to vent to somebody. And we happened to uh, run out to, to Tracy. And we were at the Highline. At the Highline. We were having an event, yeah, uh-huh. in Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is when this brilliant woman, thank you forever. I cannot thank you enough. I just want you to know that. Um, she turned and said, you know what, um, why don't you come to the meet, you know, the Salt Lake happened. And that was uh, your first national meeting? That was not my first, first national meeting was when I was still a student. Right. And that was 2008. Yeah, I recognized Minneapolis. brilliance and told her you yeah, needed to come and meet everybody. She, she just saw me like my, you know, I was just so lost and I, I just, I was rumbling all these things to her and she was like, okay, 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 we're going to need to like harness all this. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. She had so much energy. I just so had like point, so. Point now, uh, but see, this is why I'm asking this question because mm-hmm. I feel like I've known you longer than just Salt Lake City. Oh, no, no. Salt Lake City was mm-hmm. the first time when I saw that gorgeous red suit that you were wearing walking with, with Juan. And I got, I got even more inspired. Forget it. That was like the, that was like but when I you mean, fill up the glass and it just spills over. That, that was a spillover. Wow, it seems like I've known you a lot longer yeah. than that. So, in your role as chief at the time, mm-hmm. um, what did it come down to for you? What, what was going on in your head and your heart? It was that exact moment when I, I said, I, I, I know that I should be. What I'm preaching inside my head and what I'm learning from attending the meeting or just the two meetings at the time and you know uh, annual and then the, and then the mid-year and on the leadership and then the mm-hmm. mid-year was not lining up with what was happening in the clinical practice and I and I'm going to say this to many of you who are listening to this that this is happening every single day and I see this over and over again and I know you hear me saying this and I please hear me when you come back from the meetings where you really feel inspired, you really feel like you should be doing something else. You should be really changing your own practice in your own settings, especially in those uh, practices where it's heavily ACT restricted settings. That means it is true. You should be learning more and you should be doing something because if you don't do something with that fire and that passion that you already have and the knowledge that you had acquired, then you ultimately will be killing the profession. And sometimes it doesn't mean just doing something in your practice setting. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful how you tread that. Some people can't move. Some people um, are in a setting because um, 
family mm-hmm. or other obligations. A okay. spouse is working someplace mm-hmm. and they have no other choice. You know, I, I practice in New Jersey now. You can throw a stone and there's a hospital or a mm-hmm. surgery center that you can go work at. Mm-hmm. When I was in Albany, the choices were further away. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can go to your state meetings. You can support your PAC. And, and you, know, you can uh, learn more. Um, and you know, Tracy, when, when we talk about, <coughs> about yes, it, it, those are things, all the things are extremely important. That's how you get the information, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to turn back in, into looking into what, what is it that, what is advocacy really, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about advocacy. If you do a research on advocacy, the word advocacy, you know, you come up on a few TED Talks, but nobody really talks about it. Like, what does it mean to be an advocate? Advocate comes in, in, in a very basic kind of five-step process. That happens throughout your life. You know, it's usually your history. It has everything to do with your mentors and coaches that you have in your life, people that you meet. It comes in the form of your um, traditions, the traditions that you believe in. You build around yourself because remember, uh, is, uh, American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology is not just an organization, right? We are culture. Mm-hmm. And culture needs to be supported by a tradition, by a history, by something that you. That is something that kind of surrounds that belief system. So if you're already believing in that system, then you ultimately just going to want to learn and get additional information. You don't necessarily need to be changing anything within your clinical practice immediately. But again, as we are speaking on um, CRNA-inspired and experts in anesthesia care, then we are relying on evidence and facts. Those are the facts that you need to know in order for you to make a significant change in your in your clinical practice and inspire, first of all, your own staff that you are in charge of. So be an, 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 an excellent and an, a leader that's going to actually make a change. Not saying, you know, run around CRNAs and, you know, we are, are the answer. We are. And no, this is not about that. This is about access to care. So it's not about shortage, it's about proper utilization, right? We have to base every single argument and our advocacy efforts on the facts that we already have at hand. History matters, and this is what I speak on uh, lately in my my professional practice lectures that I kind of give for free. I go around and I just speak to, to, to our students, and I tell them, you need to remember what you believe in, why, you, why you're doing this. Don't tell me this story about... You know, I want to get my patients and, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, and I want to be autonomous and throw all this. Why? Oftentimes we forget to ask ourselves that question again years later. Why did I become a CRNA? So as long as you have that as a leader, you don't need to move anywhere. You don't need to, you just need to start. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855 855- 304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Well, let's let's transition over to being a leader. And I guess the reason why I feel mm-hmm. like I, I've known you a lot longer than that is I'd like to think that I can spot leaders as soon as I see them. Mm-hmm. And I spotted you. But 
in within our profession there is a price to leadership and again I think we should have this discussion. I don't want to scare mm-hmm. anyone off from mm-hmm. being a leader, but the way mm-hmm. our profession is set up and we are directly interchangeable with our physician colleagues, mm-hmm. I think in, there's a rub there that's probably never going no, to no. go away. And whereas a lot of other professions, I would say pretty much all of them, whenever you've got people who are leaders and rise to the top of the heap Mm -hmm. they're rewarded Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. and we know that being a leader you're not always rewarded within our profession no Um, a lot of people know that most past presidents of our association wind up having to leave their jobs Mm -hmm. um, after they've been president Mm -hmm. Um, myself I know Angie Mund threw that out this morning we're going to have our rally on capitol hill mm-hmm. the first rally was whenever i was aana president and the speech that i gave on the lawn was Phenomenal. taped mm-hmm. by someone and the anesthesiologist sent it to every single anesthesiologist in this country look what the president of the aana mm-hmm. is saying mm-hmm. and raised a ton of money for their pack i'm still waiting for my thank you note mm-hmm. for all the money that they raised but there's a sacrifice for all of us to make for this profession so why don't what, we what, what sac- do we what, yeah, what you, was your sacrifice? so i i uh, so i ultimately left i left the job that was really mm-hmm. comfortable uh, as a chief CNA, i let my team down so i i left that position because i no longer believed in and what was built in that particular environment and i took on another chief CNA position which was actually in the worse because mm-hmm. Um, lasted only six months in a smaller community hospital, but they also wanted CRNAs. Comes to find out the reason why they wanted CRNAs, it was bluntly just they told me after they were acquired by a larger healthcare system. You know, at that time when everything was bought and mm-hmm. they had no CRNAs, but now they needed to be profitable. So in order to be profitable, they needed to show that they could generate some revenue. And, and I hired them, a very small group of CRNAs and told them listen you can't run one-to-one that's just not going to be sustainable I mm-hmm. mean it's not it's not cost-effective it's not you in can't any show way. any profit running one-to-one I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing here yeah, you know? yeah. and just I mean and at that point I already acquired the knowledge yeah from attending the meetings from learning from um, people like yourselves and Juan and and um, Barry God bless his soul and mm-hmm. Steve Mons you know and just getting that knowledge already behind my belt um, so I was trying to present that and saying, no, 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 we're not. And that's when I again met the resistance. Like, no, we're not going to be doing it this way. We don't care. We just need CRNAs. We're just going to be because it's not safe or for whatever reason. So again, I was unhappy with that. And I, I was not even 10 minutes away from my house. So we're talking about mm-hmm. leaving jobs. You don't, you don't want to move. You don't. It comes down ultimately to what you truly believe yourself, what you stand for in life not only professionally, personally as well, but professionally, especially because why? We spend majority of our time at work when we at work, especially if you are leading, if you're a chief, you're there five days a week. Mm-hmm. So what do you believe in? Why you, why you are CRNA, LCRNA leader nonetheless. So um, after that, um, 
years I was locum, you know, locum stand 99, you know, just going just contract to contract and just covering places and being very happy. I was extremely happy, extremely happy being 1099. It gives you, I realized that it gave me that opportunity to advocate and mm -hmm. be present at meetings and be my own boss. I need to respond. So I created my own little company and I started. You didn't have to answer to anybody else no. what you it, were saying. And I did not, right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to involve necessarily in the politics of the institution, mm -hmm. but <coughs> it's interesting. As Dr. Angel Mon said this morning, she said, trouble finds you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that I interesting how, how that is. why is that though? Isn't well, that strong women, women is. in leadership, it is. Whenever because advocates. We, yeah, when advocates. you stand out, yes. you're a target. Yes. And my daddy used to have a way of saying it, which <clears> was kind of rednecky. But anyway, um, he would say, Shay, when your head is above the rest, people are going to shoot at it. You know, he's a southerner. <laughs> yeah. But if, if you stand out, right. it but, just happens. And, and my husband tells me, but why can't you just stop? I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't so I, all I, I, I find, and again, I'm not going to name institutions. I don't, I don't think it's necessary, but I find I, we're covering COVID now. Now, now I, I, an institution that I was covering regular operating room, mm -hmm. COVID hit was great. It was in Connecticut. It was great. It was wonderful. I worked with anesthesiologists here. We all did everything. No problem. Every, everybody worked together. Great. COVID hits. They want out. They want nothing to do with COVID. The anesthesiologist. Yeah, we so, all know so that. Of course. CRNAs all jump in. We all, but now they kind of threw us to the wolves. Like, we don't know where you're going to go, but, you know, you, we're not doing cases. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to sell you. Right. So I, so I, again, trouble finds me, right? So I, I negotiate contract with the hospital directly for the small group of CRNAs that were left behind in, in Connecticut. And we decide to cover the hospital 24-7. We split. Some jumped off, some stayed on, and we, not knowingly, we just jumped right in. I negotiated. They were willing to pay us much less, mind you, for what we were getting as nurse anesthetists and, 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 and a seizure department and, and, a comp you know, and a group. They were paying us like a regular nurse. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking, we're going to be intubating these patients, placing lights. I mean, this is what we're going to, proning them, you know, doing all these things with the respiratory therapists and the nurses and our colleagues. And I negotiated, successfully negotiated a really pretty good rate mm -hmm. for us, 1099, and, and we start covering that. And on top of that, I took a place, I took another coverage of another, uh, which was a ground zero in New York for mm -hmm. a COVID patient. And that's when, when I came across when, unfortunately, um, where many, I can tell you many, my CRNA colleagues and CRNAs here in this meeting, came across in their professional career where other CRNAs will not support CRNAs. Really? And I, I think that that's hmm. something that we don't talk enough about as a family, because I consider ANA being a family. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's regionalized? And I'm just asking the question because by and large, I have found in North Carolina mm -hmm. that not to be true. And but North Carolina is a, a, a different animal. I understand that because we've had many, many leaders come mm -hmm. out of our state, especially out of the program that I went to. Um, close to 10 percent of all national presidents have come from the, mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. program that I went to at Wake Forest. And I'm telling you, uh, they have been free to admit, I don't want to do what mm -hmm. you do, but I'm here to make sure that you can mm -hmm. do it. And so 
that's not been my experience. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go Mm -hmm. back. I've been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been coming to meetings since I was a student because we weren't not allowed to come to meetings. Yes. (laughs) No matter where they were, we had to go to the meetings. Um, Yes, you did. And And they took roll. And you better be in there. And they didn't take roll. You could just see. You could feel Danny's eyes behind your back across the room. Sandy Ouellette took roll. Anyway. Even back then, I can remember vicious. I mean, I go way back, right? So you figure 90 was my first meeting, I Mm -hmm. think, first annual meeting. Um, And... People were arguing at the mic with each other um, about all sorts of things. I can remember um, every time they tried to change the regions. I mean, that that iteration happens every couple it's of old, years, it's right? Old, it's old, right? And old people news. who get up and start mm-hmm. yelling at each other. I can remember Ira Gunn getting up and talking about um, we needed to form a war chest. That was the oh, early. I remember that. I can hear her standing up there. I can hear all of the people talking at the mic, and which was the foundation of the SODC, mm-hmm. State Organizational mm-hmm. Development mm-hmm. Committee. And um, I can remember um, vicious fights. I remember... But the I COA think that's what's and the made NBCRNA, strong. yeah. But, but no, but mm-hmm. I can see where there's di- there's um, diversity of thought and people who dig in. I think part of our problem of standing at the head of the table and having to own that mm-hmm. space is mm-hmm. we're used to fighting. We fight for our patients. We fight with the surgeons. Mm, that's a good we point. We fight with the anesthesiologist and um, and sometimes we fight amongst each other. That's when mm-hmm. our nursing bubbles up. Mm-hmm. The nursing mm-hmm. behavior bubbles up where. Um, mm-hmm. We don't necessarily claw each other down like happens in nursing, I mm-hmm. think, you know, where they'll claw you down so they can stand on you. Um, well, that's because of they've been oppressed from above. Yes, I And understand. that's why I have enjoyed the last few years because physicians are feeling oppression from above and they are clawing at each other. First time I've seen it in my career mm-hmm. but i can see um i can see where it's not a new thing is what i'm saying it's I don't not think it's oh my god no but i do it's think not. i think covid bubbled a lot of that mm-hmm. um that anxiety and mm-hmm. that angst and that need to fight up yes i think people especially you know you were in the belly of the beast i was in the belly of the beast i can remember having phone calls zoom calls with the fab four um and one was in Minnesota, one was in Indiana, one was in North Carolina. And, you know, Jackie would be signing off to play golf. And Sharon would be talking about something else. And I'd be in tears. Oh, my God, you have no idea what yeah, I saw. Today. What, I had, what I'm going through. Right? Right. I had just freshly scrubbed out of the shower to yeah. get on the call, yeah. right? Because I had just yeah. gotten home from work. And so I think people's perspectives, yeah. especially and, during and COVID, you know, And, you know, let me, let me make it extremely clear that the leadership, the CRNA leadership, Chief Sierney in this particular situation did everything absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. during COVID. We worked our butts off. But you and COVID. I worked. Right. Yes, People in Texas work. might not have worked. People right. in, it took them a long time for the it's, for it to for hit their ICUs. Absolutely. And, the, and oh, they yeah. were scared, yeah. right? Their yeah. money is gone. Their livelihood yeah. is gone. They don't know why they're not operating because they don't have a problem in their town. So rem- you, know, you, you and I you, are looking at right. the dying. And you remember what we've done, what happened. You remember how... CRNAs were almost like SWAT teams, I call them. We had yes. SWAT teams. We we went in, we intubated, we put lines in. We were ninjas. We ninjas. Changed. Yeah, just we like, were. Just, ninjas. There was nobody else One in the room we but us. One day we were here, the next day we looked totally different, running around the place, exactly. managing the unit. Yep. Um, in our hospital, we, we emptied out the peds. And we put all the anesthesia machines yep. down there as a mm-hmm. cohort. We stuck them all on one floor for extra vents as overflows. Mm-hmm. And we put them on one floor because... 
people probably don't think about in that, what we learned was your vents, your traditional vents, don't need to be, uh, you don't need to run them through their paces mm -hmm. once every mm -hmm. 24 hours. Mm -hmm. You stick a patient on it for a week or two weeks, and that's not mm -hmm. a problem. We would have to run the, we'd have to go into those rooms. The anesthesia had to go into those rooms once a day yeah. to put it to through put it, the to machine check, check yep. the... And, and, and this anyway. is and this not has nothing to do. I mean, yes, it, it, the, what, everything we've that moved we've off done. Of leadership and we've moved into COVID. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So going back, the problem really arised when we went back to the operating room. Yes. So I think that that's where I was. Um, I start seeing the other side of of that. Those what happened to your 1099 work after that? I lost the the fourth day. I became a president of, nine, of New York State Association of Nurse Anesthetists. The fourth day of my presidency, immediately I, I took it over over in full in the full meeting. Mm -hmm. We had an interaction with the chief CNA, and she let me go because um, you were president. Because I took that position, because I was clearly pretty strong. Sure, I stood out. I was very vocal about where I stand as a 1099 CRNA. I was educating other CRNAs because they were curious and asking questions that not necessarily W2, not, not everybody. Maybe somebody, they want to, everybody mm -hmm. wants to learn, right? There's nothing wrong with educating others on other opportunities. Um, I was definitely standing up to the anesthesiologist. I was not, I'm never, I, I always say this in my contracts when I look for a contract. Number one, I always look pay. Number two, environment. I don't do well in these restrictive practices. I don't mm -hmm. because of my advocacy, because of my stance on where we are as a profession, who we are as a profession, most importantly, and what I know is a factual, it's evidence. It's something that is not, I'm just not making it up. I find it very difficult to see other CRNAs thinking that they are advocating. However, they are only willing to do that here. At the meeting. Attention nurse anesthetists, are you ready to take the first step toward being your own boss? Well join us for a deep dive into the world of 1099 work with the upcoming workshop Understanding the 1099 Landscape for CRNAs. Discover the key differences between W-2, PRN, and 1099 work, and equip yourself with essential knowledge, tools, and real-life case studies to make a confident switch to 1099. Not only will you earn up to 5.75 Class A CE credits, but you'll also have the opportunity to learn from the industry's finest, Jeremy Stanley, Sharon Pierce, and more seasoned experts. Plus, enjoy the vibrant sun and golden beaches of Fort Lauderdale while you're at it. This event, approved by the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, is set for October 19th at the luxurious Marriott Harbor Beach Resort and Spa. Register now and take the first step toward being your own boss and potentially unlock higher earning potential as a 1099 employee. You can register right now at 1099workshop.aana.com. We'll also link to that in the description of today's show. This is an event not to be missed. We'll see you in Fort Lauderdale. Well, it's like people who go to church, they're only good on Sundays. So right. did you, so <laughs> it's your so first day of, at New York State President, you lose your first 1099. How did it continue to go through your presidency? Uh, um, presidency was, um, presidency, I always say this, you know, I wanted to do things. I always wanted, because as, as a passion. But how did it somebody. reflect on your work opportunities? 
it didn't affect going forward. It affected that particular uh, um, position. It affected two other contracts that I was trying to get because during the interview process, I was trying to tell the chief CRNA that I, um, you know, have you looked at this and have we looked at that? And, you know, if we're going to be, if I'm going to be working in this environment, and the anesthesiologist uh, doing letting you know letting you do things or are we working collaboratively or, or they are restrictive medical direction that was kind of like okay I the chief CRNA was like I, I think I know the language but I, I'm afraid to hire her because she knows way too much so but that was okay for you not to be to well, lose that job would you would you have done it differently now was it okay because you were true to yourself and that wouldn't have been a good fit always I always stay true to myself. Well, you know, I think... I would this, rather lose a, lose a contract than I, lose I a guess job. that's, you know, you, you learn about yourself as you're going sure. through it. And, and, you know, we talk about the sacrifices yeah. that are worth it. Um, it was worth it because to you it was more important to be true to yourself yes. and to live your truth and practice in your truth than to go into an environment where you had to be less than. That's I mean, we always have to compromise, right? We have to compromise when you work in a team, just like you expect them to compromise. But there are certain values you will never give up. And Your that's integrity. Your, well, mean, yes, that's I what I'm saying. And also, and also, ladies, how long do you think we can be in any situation as, as, as a leader or as just a CRNA? How long can you be really on the defensive only? At some point, you have to do offense. Yes. Sure. Well, you know, we've talked about the downsides, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Let's talk about what you you gain from it. And I'll start first. Being AANA president was one of the highlights of my life till this particular moment. I've still got a lot of life to live. I hope not as long I as she was going to say this peers. was a low life. No. Uh, <laughs> but, but what yeah. I, I gained and the opportunities that were given to me based on the position that I had, the CRNAs I got to know, that I traveled all over the country, mm -hmm. met the smartest people that you could ever meet, spend time with them, learn who they are. I mean, it has forever impacted my life and has far outweighed anything that I had to give up. Um, I think for me, it, if you say, um, so as I had been president of New Jersey Association, I'd sat on the board forever. I, I've sat on multiple committees at the ANA, and I wasn't shy about that. And I worked in a private practice. Um, and you've was, always been ACT. And that was very physician-driven. And like mm -hmm. I said, I had a delegate to the ASA who was in the department. I wasn't shy about the fact that I was a leader. I held my truths. Mm -hmm. I knew where to compromise. Um, and I knew to hold to my word. All right, and, but more importantly, I showed up early. I gave really good anesthesia. I made sure I was flexible. I was accountable. I was available. Um, and I treated them with respect, but I demanded to be treated with respect as well. And what in turn I got was when there was a question or there was a need for more information, they would come to me and ask me. Um, and I was given that space to not be disruptive necessarily, but to rise and lead within the group. I was even asked a couple of times to be chief. And here I am, the one who's saying, by the way, I'm gonna, oh, when I ran one year for um, AANA Board of Directors, I went to my chairman and I said, is this gonna be a problem for you? He said, absolutely not. You've always been in leadership. We wouldn't expect you not to. Mm -hmm. Which from a group that really pushed the ASA envelope as often as they could, it was, it was fair, it was, it was 
it was fair. I thought it was the fairest answer I could get. Um, so I think for me, um, using my role, my, my one funny little story is they love to call us nurses. What nurses in your room? What nurses? And I would say, they would ask me, are you the nurse in my room? I'd say, no, that's so-and-so. And they go, no, that's the circulator. I said, that's your nurse. I'm your nurse anesthetist. Mm -hmm. So when nurse anesthesiologist came around and doctor, um, you know, people were going into the DMP, um, my chairman blew his mind about this whole thing. He was livid that we were going to be using this. So I took the opportunity to go up to him and say, so-and-so, um, I understand you're concerned about this. And he said, absolutely. I said, well, you know me. I've always introduced myself as a nurse anesthetist. You know it. You've heard it. He said, yes, but I'm not worried about you. I said, well, how about this? And I'm just not the chief. I said, I am more than happy to advocate with, with the other CRNAs that we will use the title that we are credentialed at at this hospital, mm -hmm. which was CRNA. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm comfortable with that. He said, that's great. Thank you very much. He said, however... In turn, mm -hmm. you will talk to your staff of physicians and insist that they too refer to us by the title that we are credentialed with. There will be no more nurses in my room. Who's mm -hmm. my nurse? We will be your nurse anesthetist. Mm -hmm. And that's how we'll be introduced. And he got this little shit-eating grin because he knew I backed him right into a corner and he could not argue. He said, fair. And he shook my hand and he said, I will do that. And that was the end of that. Mm -hmm. That's leadership without being... Um, abrasive. Right. It was abrasive right. enough. But anyway, that's so what I found. I think that's it's professional thing. respect that we all you know, yes. really seek. So what have really you gained from your years of leadership, Yana? I found my... Outside of meeting I of found Tracy and I. <laughs> I. Outside of... And many, many, many yes. other great leaders in this organization. And many more years of learning to come. But I found my answer, you know? You know, that answer that you, you know, we often ask, and I always say this, we often ask, why do you want to be CRNA? And I, I think I found my answer. I found what lights my passion. I found my why, mm -hmm. right? The passion, right. as Simon says, passion is very much an output. It's just how you use it. This, I found why I'm doing this. I found my why that I am someone who wants to inspire others mm -hmm. not just to take a job mm. I understand I that there it is for the money and Mic drop yeah. and 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 just be happy giving anesthesia that job can be taken away in any minute yeah I found my why I and I think that that's what fuels my fire every day and continuously going to I'm going to be staying true even more true to myself mm -hmm. while I look how to harness the passion in the right way and, and direct it in the right way and with the help of leaders like yourselves and many others outside of this room right now. I think that sums it up. I is think it does. The sacrifice was worth it because you found your why. Yeah. And it's what will fuel the rest of your career. Absolutely. And I thank you both for that. I really do. Oh, no, you're amazing, Anna. Yes, Thank you, you yeah. are. Thank you for everything you've done for the New York Association and now the National you're Association. Absolutely. For me. Please donate to PAC and donate to any foundation. Yes. Be the triple and, crown. Yes. Carry it well. It doesn't cost me. much. $10 no. a month. That's it. If you do please, $10 please a do. month to both, if every CRNA listening did $10 a month to both, please do. we would be that much stronger. And if I true. may uh, quickly say the analogy that I've, I loved and I kind of mm -hmm. owned it and discovered. This, I, say, I, I always say, because you know how the pack is right across from foundation and finish across the pack mm -hmm. downstairs. And I said, these are the people that fight. This, this is our army. Mm -hmm. Go over there. This is our army. You got to support your army, right? Mm -hmm. There's our ammunition. Mm 
the ammunition as Ooh. a foundation. Mm. Leave it to a Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Hey, right? <laughs> going through going through a war. Leave it to a Ukrainian going through a war right now, having family being bombed every day. Yeah. Now, I, I really am grateful for every opportunity I get every single day. So thank you for having me here today. It's it been really an honor. It's always an honor to speak to you and being part of this just great life. I'm very grateful. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I think it's a wrap, Tracy. so. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mass with the absent Jeremy Stanley, myself, Sharon Pierce, and guest co-host Tracy Castleman. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Tracy, can you tell our listeners how to help the show grow? The best way to help is to like the show, share it on social media, tell your friends how much you love Tracy as the co-host, and leave a review, but make it positive. As Jeremy always says, we know there's enough negativity in the world. Beyond the Mask is in the top 50 medical podcast in the country and number one in the CRNA community and in our hearts. Oh, well, that was a sweet addition. Thank you to our listeners. We wouldn't be in the top 50 without you. Until the next time. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.